Amen. We're going to look at chapter 11 of St. John. John chapter 11. We're going to look at it's a pretty lengthy reading of the verses. But actually it is the story of when Lazarus died. And then obviously what happened. And how Jesus obviously uh, responded to Lazarus. Who was a friend of Jesus. How he responded to Lazarus' death. And so we're going to read. I read from the NIV. But it's going to be John chapter 11. We'll start at verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. And he was from Bethany. The village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick. Was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord. And wiped his feet with her hair. And so the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord the one that you love is sick. And when he heard this Jesus said. This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you. And yet you're going back there. And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by the by day will not stumble. For he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. And after he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. And Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant a natural sleep. And so then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. And then Thomas called Didymus said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And on his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Mary said to Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know that he arise again in the resurrection of that last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said. He's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. 
But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Or well, Jesus uh, came once more deeply moved, came to the tomb, and it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there was a bad odor, for he had been there four days. And then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. And so they took away the stone and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me and I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of people standing here and they may, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Powerful stuff. Why does God have us to wait? I've always told you and I've talked about it some time ago. I don't like to wait. I don't like anything about waiting. But God puts us in a holding pattern, as it may be said, for different reasons. And we see here, I believe, some reasons that are very important. And we can apply the scriptures to our lives as the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And I believe, why does he have us to wait? Why is it we wait? You know, we're always uh, waiting in the sense on the Lord because we're all getting older and we haven't arrived fully there. And one day we'll be in the presence of the Lord if you're saved, if you've been born again. And we will be with him and live with him and rule and reign with him forever and ever. But right now we're waiting. We've got things to do. We're not waiting in idleness. We get out and we do what God has called us to do. But we are, in a sense, we are waiting on the Lord. But why did he have Mary and Martha in this particular case wait? And Lazarus had died. I believe it was a specific plan that God had. And we want to talk about it today. So obviously, you know, you think about it sometimes. When you're going through tough times, maybe the cry of your heart is, God, why don't you do something? God, why don't you come and clean this mess up? You know, what we see over this nation. We know God is all powerful, omnipotent. And so God could come and he could do something about this. God, why don't you come and do something about my sick friend? Why don't you come and do something about that person is financially, obviously, strapped because of different reasons. God, why didn't you stop the hurricane? You know, we pray and we pray. And we see, obviously, that Hurricane Laura hit the coast there on the coast and about 150 mile an hour winds. And wiped out. Well, God, why, didn't, why is this happening? Why are all these things taking place? Well, one explanation is obviously we live in a fallen world. And there's some things that God allows to take place that we just never will understand. They're just different things. We have to say all of when we say our whys and our wherefores, we just have to release it into God's hands. That we'll never understand it. But why is it in certain cases that God has us to wait? We see here that, that Mary and Martha were waiting and, and all and Lazarus was getting sicker. And then finally, obviously, he died. Well, they, they finally said, let's, let's send a messenger to Jesus to let him know that our brother, his friend, our friend, is sick. It doesn't look too good, okay? And so it took where Mar Mary and Martha were there in Bethany, it took a day's journey for the messenger to get where Jesus was. So that was one day. Probably Lazarus was already dead when the messenger got to Jesus at that particular point. And remember what Jesus said there? And he said, okay, well, of course, and all. And the messenger, of course, came back. And then he waited two days. 
So that was one day the messenger there, obviously, uh, it took to get to Jesus. And then he waited two days, and then it took a day to get where they're at. That's four days, okay, during that time. Why was that? I believe this, and I believe with all my heart. It's because I believe that, that Jesus was listening to his father tell him exactly what to do. And exactly the timing that he was to move out. I believe that Jesus was affected. It said there that he wept. That Jesus was emotionally moved during that time, certainly. But he wanted to do the will of the Father more than anything else in this world. And so he was attuned to his Father. And he stayed put until he knew that time the Father released him to go. And to be there where he was. He also knew ahead of time that it would bring glory and honor to the Father. He already knew those things. And I think this points out to each one of us as believers in Jesus that we really need to, to fine-tune our spiritual hearing to hear what God has to say. Now, I know God speaks through His Word. And God speaks to us. And He can speak any way He desires. We know that He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through other people. In different ways. But we need to be attuned to the voice of God. And I believe in this time of history, it's a very serious thing that you and I need to really ramp down and get our hearing to hear what God has to say. Because I believe it's going to be very, very important in the days and the weeks and the years that we have left on this earth. I believe that today. We are soldiers in God's army. And we know that we report to our commander in chief. His name is Jesus. And we need to listen to his voice. We need to listen to his commands. We need to draw close to him because we're in a battle today. And I believe a battle for the souls of our nation, for our children, and for these people, the young people in this country today. And you and I, we have the answer. His name is Jesus. And we need to listen carefully to what he was saying. This is what Jesus was doing. He listened to the Father. and He didn't move out until he knew that the Father had said, it's time to go, certainly here. And in, in verse 4 here in this chapter, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Sometimes bringing glory to, and honor to the Lord, and sometimes and that is obedience to the Lord, sometimes it's not really comfortable, is it? Sometimes we do some things that we, we just don't want to do, but we know it's God's will, and God has placed us in a particular place to do something. But it's not always the easy street. In fact, many times it's not the easiest road that we could take. And many people today will take that easy street and they'll get off course today. But the ways of God are the ways that we want to go. We want to be able to walk with Him day by day. He'll walk with us and talk with us along life's obviously wonderful way if we'll listen and pay attention. But it, He said it's going to bring glory to God here. Obviously, we see here that the messenger got back to Jesus and again... Uh, Lazarus was probably already dead at that particular time and there he'd been there and so forth and we know what happens. Lazarus is dead here. Think about it. Could Jesus have really missed this one? We know he didn't miss any there as we look in the Gospels and we read the, the word of God about his life. But could he have missed this one particular one? No, indeed. He didn't miss it. He was right in God's perfect timing to wait two days and then to travel to Bethany to be able to see. He knew what would happen. He knew that. And so you and I, as we wait, sometimes it gets uncomfortable. Sometimes we want to take matters in our own hands and we want to do something for God. And God is just saying, wait on me. I've got it covered. And sometimes we interfere with God's planning. And yet God is saying, listen to me. I've got it under control. When we pray, do we believe God hears us? That's the question. 
When we pray, do we believe that God will respond to us? We're His children, right? We listen. If your children spoke to you, would you listen to them? And all you don't always do exactly what they want you to do. Or you may say, no, uh, that's not good for you. And so I say no. And yes, it may be that God, that, that you bless your children and say, yes, it's time and so forth. Or it may be that you tell them to wait on something they're asking. And our Heavenly Father, the Bible talks about, obviously, we know he's so much greater than earthly fathers. And we know that he hears us when we pray. And so why do we doubt him? That he can't take care of matters a lot better than we can. Why is it? Why don't we listen and get in on God's timing? I believe in my life. Maybe you've seen it in your life too. And sometimes I've stepped out. And maybe I've missed God's timing in something. And God has a way. He's full of grace and mercy. He has a way of getting us back. But sometimes it seems that, you know, I may have moved out a little bit too quick. Because we just don't like to wait. We don't like to see God's highest purposes being fulfilled in the situations that we're in. And maybe God sometimes drops in your heart the fact that everything's going to be okay. Anybody ever had that? They prayed and prayed. Maybe you pray for an illness or maybe you pray for a family member or a circumstance. And maybe just in your heart of hearts, you had like a, a generic way of feeling. It's going to be okay. Maybe you had peace about it. It's going to be okay. Well, I like those particular senses and encounters with the Lord there, certainly. But I want God to, to speak specifically. I want to know what's going on, not just generally. What are you going to do about it, Lord? What are you going to do about it? But sometimes God doesn't show us what he's going to do. His ways are not our ways, Isaiah 55 says. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He does things differently, doesn't he? But he's God. And if he loves us so much, which he did, and he sent Jesus into the world to die for our sins, how much more, the Bible says, will it, along with him give us all things? How much more will he take care of matters that are nothing to him? There was nothing for Jesus to come immediately, drop what he was doing, and go back to Bethany and obviously speak the word into Lazarus' life and raise him right up. There was nothing for him to do that, and yet he allowed Lazarus to die. Why? Why was that? We'll look at it because it's important to understand this certainly here. He loves me, obviously. And the right response that we all should have when God has us to wait is he loves me. And I know he has his best in mind for me. Do you know that? Do you know he has his best in, in mind for you? Do you believe that God is, is never early and he's never late, that he's right on time? He's always on time. He's always our, our, our black brothers and sisters there in the years that I work with them through hospice and so forth. That's the one thing they'll say, Jim, God is never late. He's never early. He's right on time. And yes, he is. He's right on time. He always comes right on time. And he was right on time in this particular case, certainly here. And obviously, uh, the question is, we just trust in him. So many times what we do is we trust in our circumstances. We put our faith in our circumstance and we're not trusting in a person. His name is Jesus. We trust everything else around us. We trust it that when we came in this place today, that when we flip the light switch, it was going to come on. I, we trust that when we turn the AC on, that the AC came on. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, East Te it's Southern Texas here and it's hot. I'm glad. I trust that it would come on. But do we put our trust in a person? Do we believe that God has his best in mind for you and me? Do we really believe that? And so that will cause us to think twice before we begin to interfere in what God is doing. We wait upon him. He has a solution there. And so Mary and Martha, obviously they had waited. Verse 5 and 6 says this. Obviously Jesus loved this family. 
He had every reason to, to leave and, and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break out of this and I'm going to Bethany and I'm going to heal my friend Lazarus. But remember, Jesus was deity and he was also a man, both. He operated out of his humanity, obviously. He operated there. And so he had emotions. The Bible says that he, nothing that we come across is he's, he's faced it all and he can sympathize with us. He understands what you and I are going through because he experienced that in his humanity himself. And so he could have said, okay, I'm going. I love my friend Lazarus and I'm going. No, he waited and he was totally obedient to his father. That's because he was without sin. We break out like that. Sometimes we stumble and fall. Obviously, the delay was not easily understood by Mary and Martha here. But Jesus waited. And obviously, his disciples were saying, now, Lord, we'll go with you. You want to go back close to Jerusalem? Remember last time you got in Jerusalem, they wanted to stone you and kill you? You want to go back to that area and so forth? And then all types of things were happening at this particular time because they didn't understand what Jesus was going to do. Verses 9 and 10, obviously, talks about it. The fact he was walking in full obedience to the Father. Don't you want to be a point in your life that you'll walk in full obedience to what God tells you to do? No matter what he tells you to do. That you'll walk in full, full obedience no matter what it is. My journey may be different than your journey. And your journey may be different than my journey. But aren't you just, obviously, just your, your desire, the intent of your heart is to be obedient to the Lord in all things. I don't always make it right. And sometimes I stumble in my immaturity, but I want it to be. The intent of my heart is I be obedient to the Father in everything he tells me to do, no matter what that is. But many times, and sometimes anyway, it's sometimes when you're obedient to the Lord, it gets us out of our comfort zone, doesn't it? You know, the tragedies of life are always there. Things around us, we thought, God, again, why did you allow this to happen in my life? You know, people could say that. And yet God is saying, I am on my throne here. And so his purpose for going there is spoken of here. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, he said. But I'm going there to wake him up there. They didn't understand, obviously, the terminology. They were saying, well, maybe he's just fallen asleep there. Now, and Jesus clarified it. And he said, no, he's dead. He's gone. He's dead, certainly here. Verse 14 says, and for your sake, listen, I am glad I was not there so that what you may believe. Well, you say, but don't, didn't they already believe? They were followers of Jesus. Didn't they already believe? Yes, they already believed. But don't you know what he was doing was strengthening their faith? He was stretching their faith that they would believe. They would be obviously mature. And that's what he does in your life, my life, especially when there are times where we had to wait, is that he strengthens our faith. He doesn't want us to remain where we are. He wants us to mature. It's very important to understand that. Four results of why this took place. Why did he wait? Let me mention them. First of all, is there's a glorious benefit here. Is the disciples entered into a higher level of faith than they had, the first thing. The second thing here is Mary and Martha got a deeper revelation of who Jesus was, obviously. The third thing is Lazarus became a living witness for what Jesus had done in his life, had raised him from the dead. And you see, the fourth thing is that many believed on the Lord, according to the scriptures, and obviously who witnessed Lazarus' resurrection. Now, to me, if you're looking at the kingdom of God, those are wonderful results and respond, what happened as a result of that. The disciples needed a higher level of faith in their lives, and they got it. 
And certainly Mary and Martha needed a deeper revelation of who Jesus was in this situation. And they received it also. And then we see here Lazarus certainly did. He was raised from the dead. And then obviously many people believed because Lazarus was risen from the dead. I always think about this. If you were there at that particular time of history, would you believe? Would you see what Jesus had done? And would you put your faith and trust in the Lord? You know, many people saw the miracles of Jesus and they turned away. They said, some of them said his works were of the devil. Many people still turned away today. Do you know, I believe God does miracles in our lives more than we even realize it. Do we know that? Many times a day, I think I, I go through life and many miracles are unrecognized by me because I'm too busy or maybe sometimes it's, it's because I'm complaining or whatever it may be. And miracles are happening all the time because our God is a miracle working God. Amen. Our God does these things. I mean, He, he just shows up in ways and many times we miss Him because we think He's going to do this and that. And yet God works in a way and he does it his way because he does it perfectly because he's a perfect loving father. Certainly remember Thomas here said, OK, you know, if Jesus wants to do this, then we're with him all the way. Hey, I'm ready to go. Remember that? Oh, man, I believe he had a lot of courage there, certainly. But remember, just about a month later, when Jesus was going to the cross, remember the disciples scattered. They all left him by himself. In the same way here, they mean for good. And sometimes we go, I won't betray the Lord. I'm going to walk with the Lord. And then you start getting in the pressure cookers of, of life and all that. And then you begin to abandon and, and forget about the word of God. You begin to do things that you wish you hadn't have done. Maybe you react in a certain way and maybe out of anger, out of frustration and so forth. And you go your own way, don't you? You know what it is? You know, you really don't know how you're going to act in a situation that really gets tough. And neither do I. But by the grace of God, I can go through it. But I can't stand here today and tell you that, hey, everything will be hunky-dory when I go through sometimes of challenge and so forth today. I still look to the Lord and run to Him. But sometimes, initially, I'm going, Lord, what is going on here? God is saying today that I'm always there. And I always want to work it out for your, uh, for your benefit, for your blessing, certainly here. Years ago, a man who had lived through the communist takeover of China shared his personal experience. He talked about the terrible persecution that his fellow believers endured, horrific, terrorizing experiences. He talked about the faithful witnesses like one was Watchman uh, Nee, and I've read some of his books and others. But then with a look in his eyes, he says, this man said, I'll never forget. He said, but most of the church renounced their faith. Yes. A few stood strong, but many betrayed their brothers and sisters in Christ and many openly denied their faith. And then he looked at us and he said this. They never thought that they would do that. They were far more committed than most of you. And may God help you if you ever have to have your faith tested in that way. You see, the trial of faith usually doesn't come when we're feeling all really good and we're on the mountaintop. The trial of faith is when we're in the valleys. When we're in the many times the valley of suffering, that's when the trial of faith comes that we're praying and asking God's grace to help us to get through that because we don't know how we respond when things really, the pressure cooker really gets ramped up. But we know obviously that God will bring us through if we trust in him. 
the disciples faced the persecution of Jews there in Jerusalem later on and had all along. And you and I may face more persecution than what you realize. You see, in this country today, I believe it was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles today. But there are many today that hate Christians. There are many ideologies today that hate the Christian faith and would rather have some other faith come in. Obviously, they'd hate that faith also. But today, I don't know whether we understand many times how much we're hated. We're hated more than what you realize today. But I believe that we can walk through that and through that pressure cooker of life and we can share the love of Jesus today. When all, and there'll be some that come to Jesus as a result of that. And so you and I have got to remain steadfast and keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross. And we have to keep our eyes on Jesus because today, I believe today before this thing is over with, that Christians will face more persecution than what we've ever, ever. Because many ways is in this country today is that we have not faced that persecution like other countries have today. Many people have lost their lives as a result of that throughout the world today. And we're pretty much kind of isolated and protected in that way. But I believe today I've seen some things I believe are, are showing that there's persecution that Christians will come under in this country. Jesus said, you won't be eliminated from it, but I'll be with you. I will never leave you. In verse 21, it says, Lord, if you've been here, my brother would not have died here. I think obviously Martha is not speaking in anger at all. She's just questioning. She's saying, why? Because I know you could have done this. I saw you open the eyes of the blind. I saw you. I saw you do this. I saw you heal people. And I saw your compassion and love like nothing I've ever seen before. And so she's saying, if you'd been here, he just would not be dead at this particular time. And then Jesus obviously had done so many miracles there. And obviously, have you ever prayed for somebody and it didn't work out the way you thought it would? Have you ever prayed for somebody and maybe God didn't answer your prayers the way you thought that he would and so forth? And sometimes, you know, people have, had thrown the towel in, 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 in the relationship with the Lord. Some people never darkened the, the doorways of a church because they've been hurt and offended, maybe, and offended by Jesus in one way or another because He didn't do what they wanted Him to do. And, and obviously, it's something you and I need to consider. And we need to obviously ask God for strength to be able to go through that because He won't always do things the way we, we do them. But if we trust Him as our Savior, as our Father and our Lord, He will help us through whatever it is we face in life and we'll come out on the other side stronger. Believe me, we'll come out on the other side stronger. Obviously, uh, in the hour of trial, hour of disappointment, confusion, Martha said this, listen what she said, but I know that even now, she said, okay, here. And so, you know, you may have a son or daughter, you may have a family member or a friend or whoever who hasn't come to a saving knowledge of Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say, but I know even now, Lord, that you can do it. I believe even now, Lord, you can deliver that family member out of that situation they're in, whatever it may be. I believe even now. That's what Martha was saying. Lord, I believe even now. Well, see, Lazarus was still in the grave at this point that she said that. She's expressing faith here. But even now, Lord, I know. I know that you are God here. Obviously, I know this here. And even when you get a doctor's prognosis, And it's not real good. Can you say, but I even know now, Lord, God is bringing us to a point to say that he is our all in all and that our total trust and and, and, and wait that God is worthy, that God will bring us through no matter what it is. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And then obviously in verse 24, you know, 
She's saying, I know someday when the resurrection takes place. Have you ever said that? You know, you're going, Lord, I know someday that you'll take care of this matter because when I'm on the other side, all things will be right. I will be with you. I've no longer had this, these particular issues that I have on this side. I know one day here, but see what Jesus was doing was trying to get shake her faith right where she was. He was trying to say, I know someday, but yet I want to say right in the here and now, don't you want something in the here and now? One day we're going to be in heaven. All's going to be well. But can you say that today? Because God has strengthened our faith that we can stand today and say, I want to know now. I want to know now, Lord, here. You see? And what did he say? Y'all know the scripture. I am the resurrection and the life. You won't die. You'll live. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And when Jesus is in your life, you have life. The Bible says in 1 John uh, chapter 5, whoever has Jesus has life. But whoever doesn't have Jesus does not have life. And so if you're here today and you're saying, all right, I have Jesus in my life, then you have life. You have life forevermore. You're here today. If you don't know Jesus, today may be the day that you just surrender your life to him and say, God, take control because I don't have control here. And I realize it this day. And I know you're the son of God. And I know you died for my sins. Anyone watching this, you can ask Jesus to come into your life. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible talks about today may be the day that you've discovered that you need Jesus. Today may be the saying, I release the reins of my life to you, Lord Jesus, and give you complete control and yield your heart. And then life begins to change. The Spirit of God comes in and says, I'll help you. I'll do these things for you if you'll trust me and believe in me. And so, you know, Martha was really struggling. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. Well, I know he'd be resurrected one day. I know that. Jesus is stirring her heart to say, okay, but right now what's happening? What's happening in your life right now? Do you believe me right now? And then he goes on, verse 25, and he goes, he says this. Do you believe this? I'm the resurrection of life. And, you know, uh, even though you live, you'll never die. You'll live. You'll still live. The body may die, but the spirit and soul live on to go and be in the presence of the Lord. The minute you take your last breath, your spirit and soul go to be in the presence of the Lord at that time. There's no hanging around. There's no soul sleep. There's nothing coming over or getting in a holding pattern. You go to be strictly with the Lord immediately. When you're absent from the body, the Bible says you're present with the Lord. You go to be in his presence completely there. And Martha's response here, yes, I believe here, is one, I believe of great faith here. And then what she says is this. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. When you're in the pressure cooker of life, can you say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God? I want to encourage you to say that when you get in a situation that you have no way of how you're going to get out of it. Say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And trust that God's going to do something because what you're doing at that point, you're making a declaration of faith that stands no matter what the circumstances are. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You remember there, Martha in Luke chapter 10. And Jesus was there. Remember what happened? Jesus was talking to him and Mary was seated at the feet of Jesus and Jesus was teaching her. And Martha was busy in the kitchen and she was just, I mean, she was cooking, doing all this stuff there. And remember, Mary got a little bit disturbed and said something about her there and, and came and 
and said, why, Lord, why don't you tell her, you know? And he'd remember, uh, Martha was saying, obviously, to Mary, about Mary. Is Mary just sitting here at your feet learning and so forth? And tell her to come in there and help me in the kitchen there. Remember what Jesus said? He, she said, no, what Mary's doing can never be taken away from her. She's learning. She's doing that. So Martha was, I believe, a very take-control person. She took control. And yet, at this particular time, she realized she's not in control. Her brother had just died. And they didn't look like there was, obviously, in her heart, the way we hope here, she couldn't see what Jesus was going to do. And so she went on to say here something I think very, very important there when she said yes to Jesus. Yes. And then she goes on to say, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one here. Jesus had not raised Lazarus from the dead at this point. And yet she was making these declarations. When you get real frustrated and things are not working your way and things pile up, you know, there's one thing after another. And sometimes that takes place. Can you say, yes, Lord? Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Make that declaration of faith and watch your faith be stirred to give you strength to go through whatever it is you're facing in your life. It's important to understand that. Obviously, Martha is a good example of a believer whose faith is severely tried and tested there. They came into a greater revelation of who Jesus was and all. And he was saying, don't trust in the circumstances. Don't trust. Don't trust. We know God is our healer, but don't trust in anything except for the person of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus. And so that's why when we get together and learn about Jesus, we learn about him more because we want to know him more and more. Because we want to trust him more and more. I a lot of times say, well, I'm going to trust in my answers to prayer. No, don't put your trust in your answers to prayer. Put your trust in who Jesus. Put your trust in the person of Jesus Christ. He won't fail you. He won't. He obviously will never let you down. He may not do what you always want him to do. But he'll never fail you. He's always good all the time. He never changes. He can't flip-flop back and forth one day. He's kind of fairly good. The next day that, you know, he's kind of real, really closer to being not quite as good and so forth. No, he's good all the time. Put your trust in the Lord. You're praying for somebody today. Put your trust in Jesus to make a change in that person's life. Your, 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 your loved ones, who never they've never received Jesus in your life. And you know that time is fleeting. <clears throat> you never know what's going to happen in life. Put your trust and pray. Say, God, please. Save my my love, my loved one, whoever it may be, and go to Jesus there. Jesus said, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me shall never die. He'll live, even though he lives. Never die. Never die. That's the question today when we look at our lives today. We either have a choice to trust the Lord in whatever circumstances we're going through in this life, whatever, even at this very moment in time. Can God do it? Amen? Can you say amen? God can do it. God can do it. And I tell you, sometimes when I walk, I make declarations. <laughs> I go, I'll shout right out, and I'll walk by, and, and, I get, and I'll say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And sometimes I get up, and even after several cups of coffee, 
I'm not quite moving as fast as I have in the past, but yet I get out there and I make those declarations, don't you? And sometimes the caffeine doesn't kick in until later on, right? But I make that declaration, He is good and He's good all the time. So we can do that. It will stir your faith to say, I know that my God can save my loved one. I know my God can save this nation called the United States of America from what we see happening today. Amen. I believe that today. I believe it. And don't let any news record person or whatever reporter tell you anything different today. We've got much more ahead for us to do today. And God has got plans for you and for me and for the body of Christ. Because He's going to use us, I believe, in a more powerful way than you've ever, ever expected. I believe He's going to use you and you and you and you and you and you and go right on through here. Every, every person in here, He's going to use in the kingdom of God and build in His kingdom today. And every one of you who are watching this by live stream today, I believe He's going to use you in a powerful way. Do you believe it? That's what it takes. It takes believing and stepping out as God calls you. And listen to His timing, what He tells you to do. And you share the Word of God with people. You may be rejected by some, and some may say, hey, He's just a Jesus freak. You know, He's crazy. He's lost His mind about this Jesus thing. And yet many, I believe, will come to the Lord as a result of your testimony. Cindy and I were out Friday night, and we were going through town there on the north side. And I heard somebody speaking on a loudspeaker. And as we got closer, we came up and it was this young man with his friend, probably uh, early 30s, speaking and preaching the word of God. And he was marching back and forth, back and forth and preaching the word of God. And he knew the scriptures. And I heard some of the things he was saying. He was thanking God for, for delivering him from the drugs that had taken over his life, most of his life. And Jesus had delivered him. And he was preaching back and forth. And, and the loudspeaker was going off in that corner where we were at today. And we rode by there and we listened to him. I sit there and I, we waved to him and I tooted my horn. Thank you, Jesus, that he was sharing the gospel with those people out there. Some people may say, oh my goodness, it's another street preacher. You know, why didn't he go home and take a break and so forth? But there may be somebody that hears the Word of God and yields their heart to Jesus. You see, this man was not ashamed of the Gospel because he knew it was a power unto salvation for all who would believe in Jesus today. And you and I may be on a street corner preaching the Gospel. Amen? God may tell us, get out on the street corner and tell people about Jesus. Hold your signs up for Jesus Christ today. we got to get radical about this today. I'm speaking to myself today. and Maybe I'm speaking to somebody here in this place or somebody watching it today. Because I don't know how much time we've got. And I don't have much time people today as we see a younger generation sliding off into the abyss today. The depravity of things today. And the enemy is wreaking havoc in our younger generation's life today. And I tell you today, you and I can say, stop it in the name of Jesus and take authority and walk in that holiness and that goodness and that power that God gives us today and share it. But it means we got to get off our seats and get out on the corners, get in the highways and the byways of life and tell people about Jesus. Amen. Got to do it. Time could be very short. 
time could be very, because time is precious. It's fleeting today. You know, I looked at when I turned the age I am right now. Y'all know my age. Man, we're moving right up to that next year when I tell y'all again the next year that I'm here. Don't we? I mean, I don't know about y'all. I don't know how much time is left. But I want to tell you today, I looked at that young man who evidently had been captured by, by those drugs and his mind been filled. And now to hear him because he was speaking the word of God and he was doing, and he's filling his mind with the word of God and speaking truth to whoever would hear. Maybe somebody with the window down and saying, I need to turn to Jesus because see, it's the Holy Spirit that draws them anyway. We just share the word and plant the seeds. It's God who saves. And I believe if you and I in this church today, those of you watching, if we'll be obedient in the small things, then God's going to give us greater things. God's looking to us to say, are you willing to do that? Jesus waited on the Father and He went and He believed God for, to raise Lazarus from the dead today. I tell you right now, God can do whatever He wants to do. God still raises from the dead, okay? He tells us in His Word today. People say, well, Jim, you've lost your mind. No, I haven't. It's in the Word. God can do anything He wants to do. Believe Him for great things. He's not a small God who does these little, yes, He works in the small, but let me tell you, He's a big God. And He can do things that you and I can never do if we'll cry out to Him. And that means you and I have got to cry out for revival and awakening today. And call upon the name of the Lord. And, and ask Him today. And continue to pray. Till we see His Spirit being poured out. And we see these cities today. That's being captivated by darkness. Where the light of Jesus comes in. And drives that darkness out. Amen. That's what we need today. We need a major outpouring of God's Spirit today. Looking for people to just say. I believe you Lord. You see Martha did. I believe that you are the Christ. The Son of the living God. He's looking at a church house. And you and I can sit and say, okay, well, Jim, he's, he's again, there he's on his soapbox. Or you could say, hey, God, what do you want to do with me? What is it you want to do? I believe you can do work, work wonders today. I, I'm just not waiting with my ticket in my hand to, to get on that, that heavily train and get on and go home. No, I got work to do. How about you? God's not finished with me yet. He's not finished with his church. He's not finished with his body today. He's doing a glorious work today. And you and I will, can just say, Lord, I want to be used by you. I'm available. Use me any way you want. Watch what happens. He will use you in ways you never even thought possible. It's not you anyway. It's not me anyway. It's him. I believe that with all my heart. How about you? Thank God. <laughs> he hasn't given up on us. He hasn't turned his back on us. Our God's a loving God and he wishes none to perish but all to come to everlasting life. And they're just waiting their hearts today. It may be that this week God puts in your path somebody you could share the word with and you just step out and say, I'm going to be, be bold and I'm going to share what God has done in my life. That's all you do. Do you know salvation? God just says, tell them what's happened to you. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for your, your presence, your love. 
Father, we love you. We praise you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Just want to thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We know, Lord, today that you're the resurrection and the life. But, Lord, today we know that one day we'll be with you. But, Lord, we're still here. And maybe today someone has said, Lord, I want to be used in your kingdom. Maybe there's someone here today that has said that I just feel like there's something you want me to do. And I want to yield my heart to you this day. If that's somebody here today, just raise your hand right where you are. Just raise your hand and let me just pray for you. Nobody can see. I'll see you. If you feel like that you want to be used by the Lord, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. The Lord bless everybody here. Those raise their hands, but also those who are sitting here, Lord, today, because they're here, because you have brought them. That's not us. It's you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Bless them. And we pray today, if there be somebody that's never received Jesus, that's watching this, or somebody in this congregation that's never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you, and you're wondering, what is salvation all about? Then you can get a hold of us through, obviously, our website, our, our Facebook, and we can get in touch with you, and we can share what it means to be saved, to have that eternal security, knowing that when you take your last breath, you're going to go into the presence of Jesus. We can help you with that, then we're willing to open our hearts to you today. Pray for you. There'll be somebody who just says, I'm sick, and it doesn't seem the doctor's can do anything about it. Remember the story of the lady with the issue of blood and she crawled through the crowd because she saw, heard Jesus was coming into town and he reached out. She reached out and touched his garment and she was healed because Jesus felt power flow from him. Jesus can heal you. He can heal you and make you whole. Whatever the issue is today, I encourage you, run to Jesus. Because he's the answer. That man on the street corner with the, with the loudspeaker. He'd been trapped and ensnared by drugs. And he got set free because of the blood of the lamb. Maybe today you're entrapped in something in your life you just can't get out of. And maybe today is the beginning of that first step to freedom that God wants to bring in your life. I ask you, reach out and ask Jesus. Set me free. Set me free by your power, your blood. I believe Jesus will do it. You're beginning. Maybe you begin this step today. Today is the day. And so, Father, bless these that are here today in a powerful way. And bless those who are watching by live stream in a special way. Whatever the decision may be, Father, help them to follow up with someone that can counsel with them and pray with them, whatever it may be. If you come to... Lighthouse Fellowship here in Lake City. It's at 925 3rd Street. You can come and we can join together. We can pray for you. Whatever the need may be. We're getting ready to carry a lot of supplies over to Texas and Louisiana here because of the uh, hurricane. Just come and, and, and be a part and, and connect. We want to receive you with open arms and, 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 a, and a heart of love for you. Because Jesus loves you. And we love you. The Father, do a mighty work in and through your uh, power, your spirit, as you, you work through this live streaming and, and the people here in this congregation today. 
May you forever be praised. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Tune in, and I believe God will have a special word for all of us. Amen. Have a great day in the Lord. Amen.